Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word as we've had it read. We thank you, gracious Lord, that you want to teach us this morning. Help us not only to listen, but also to learn, both listener and speaker alike. In Jesus' name, amen. When I joined the police training school, we were given brand new uniforms which needed pressing, boots which had no polish on them so we had to bull them, and also some homework on our very first night. We had to learn one whole page of an instruction book so that next morning we would have a test both in our new uniforms with bulled boots and trying to remember what we tried to learn the night before. I'd already had an admonition. Prior to joining the police force, I was asked by a fellow Christian policeman, Robin, nail your colours to the mast. Well, the dormitories we were in had 50 people in, 25 either side. At my height, I could see over the top of the wall, and so that the cleaners could swill out whatever we left behind, they had a six-inch gap at the bottom of the screen. We only had a bed, some, a chest of drawers, and a chair, and that was our furniture. I knelt down, as was my wont. It was probably midnight by now, and within a moment, my door was thrust open. What the hell do you think you're doing? Said my colleague next door who had only met that day. I was praying, but my feet were in his cubicle. And he nailed my colours to the mast. And I'm so glad he did. Well, this is what I learnt on that first day, that the word police means the arrangements made in all civilised countries to ensure that inhabitants keep the peace and obey the law. The word denotes the force of peace officers employed for this purpose. So I learnt straight away that I was going to be a peace officer. Well, this morning, in a sense, I'm going to be a peace officer, but in a slightly different context. I also learnt that the Latin for politia means policy of government. So one's a political activist in a sense. I also know that from France, it means... Policeman means head of the stable. Well, I don't like police horses. I don't like horses in general, to be fact. Um, in fact, on demonstrations, I believe there are more policemen hurt by policemen treading on their feet than there are demonstrators who run away from them. But I'm not going to go down that story this morning. All I want to say is this, that police are, all right, there to keep the peace, but what I'm talking about today for us is that we cannot have a peace enforced. Sadly, men and women and young people might be encouraged to keep the law, and we'd implored them if they keep the peace. But our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked, and we're prone to break law and therefore break the peace. The peace which is sought by those who love God through the Lord Jesus is not brought about by law, keeping to a country's laws or in any other sense of trying to be good it's all about keeping God's law by his spirit within us in Old Testament days the word shalom means completeness and as people of God we should be complete in him the word Jerusalem and you've got that word Salem means possession of peace 
But if ever there was a town or a city in the world which is not peaceful, it's Jerusalem. Then we have this other word in Greek, which we're going to look at later on, which actually does talk about peace in our heart with other connotations. But what we're talking about today is law-abiding in God through the Lord Jesus, enabled by the Holy Spirit. Let me put that in context. For sinful man, there must first be peace with God. And you will remember, I think, that Billy Graham's very first book, which he wrote, was called Peace with God and talked about coming to Christ. The removal of sin's enmity with God through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And Paul in Romans chapter 5 says, we've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ died for the ungodly because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and his standard. And then elsewhere in Colossians, Paul writes, God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in Jesus and through him to reconcile to himself all things by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Inward peace can follow. The peace of God will transcend all understanding and guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How helpful that is when counseling those who don't know Christ. We can be unhindered by the world's strife, says John. I've told you, quoting the Lord Jesus, that these things so that in me, in Christ, you may have peace. In this world you may have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And sometimes we doubt that, I think. And peace between man and man is part of the purpose for which Christ died. Paul writes, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Elsewhere, make every effort to live in peace with all men. God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. And that's really where we come to this morning. So what kind of people are we? I, as Robin Oak, find being peaceful at all times is not me. You can ask my wife about that. And a lot of what I'm saying this morning is me preaching to me. You can listen if you like, but I'm hoping I'm going to learn something out of it. I'm actually not the right person to be preaching here, except, of course, I did start with a police comment. That's about it. Let me talk about two goats. The two goats going in opposite directions on a very narrow path at the side of a mountain. The path was above a very, very deep precipice, thousands of feet. No room to pass. And as these goats got near to each other, there could have been a confrontation and a fight whereby one of them would have fallen down the precipice. But no. One of the goats just knelt down and then lay down so that the other goat could step over and carry on. Now that to me is a picture of where we should be as Christian folk. It's a lesson for us about consideration and about peace. I believe we're called to be different, people of peace. We're called to be devout as people of peace and called to be disciples as people of peace. So let's just examine that 
as we go through this this morning. Different because we're special, special to God, and one hopes special in this world in which we live. Peter writes, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And elsewhere he goes on to say that the world should see something in us which is quite different. Show proper respect to everyone, and to this you've been called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. Paul exhorts, have the mind of Christ. And so we're not trying to do something which is beyond us. We're doing something because he is in us. We've read this morning from Ephesians, and it's talking there about the context of Jew and Gentile, Jew, Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians, and the possible rift that there could be between them. But he says there's peace, and that peace has come because of the blood of Christ being shed. Paul, uh, Peter sorry, continues in the way to conduct ourselves as God's people. Live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, compassionate, and humble. Seek peace and pursue it. In, in your hearts, set Christ as Lord. In our other reading this morning, it talks about people within a church having argument and the way that we should settle it. One to one. Or if necessary, with a witness there. And if you can't actually agree in the end, somehow it has to be sought out with discipline, but peacefully. The pastor of one of our previous churches was called Frank Cook. Frank was a well-sought-after speaker and always given a great accolade. And he went to speak at a certain church in Surrey and he waited and watched, but he had not been able to get anything on paper in his preparation. And right the way through the week before this great event, he studied, he prayed, but got nothing. Even on the day... And right up here on the platform, he's sitting there knowing he hadn't prepared anything. And then, of course, the chairman looked at Frank and told him what a wonderful speaker he was and how wonderful it is to have him here. And Frank Cook got up into the, the pulpit behind the lectern and said, I have nothing for you. Now, what brave man could ever do that? What would you have said this morning if I had got up here, having been announced and said, sorry, I've got nothing for you? Well, that's exactly what Frank did. And there was silence. And, of course, people were thinking, well, something's going to come in a moment. In the silence, the secretary of the church stood up in the far corner and said, I may well be the cause of this because the treasurer and I had such an argument some weeks ago. We haven't spoken to each other since. And he got out of his seat and crossed the church and spoke to the treasurer who stood up they shook hands, they hugged each other and began to speak again. And as they were doing it, someone else stood up and said, I'm likewise, I haven't spoken to so-and-so. I've had an argument with so-and-so. And it began to happen all over this church of people getting right with each other and getting right with God. 
Isn't it sad that a church can be broken by people within not being at peace with each other? No doubt you've heard me say it before, but I'll ask you the question again. Do you know what a custard Christian is? No, they're not yellow. A custard Christian is someone who gets upset over trifles. Oh, well, isn't it sad that we do? And isn't it sad that people outside recognize that as part of church? Well, we are called to be different. We're called to be people of peace. We're also called to be devout, and that's pretty obvious, isn't it? This lovely Greek word, arene, means several things, but it's linked, first of all, with God's grace. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's linked with the Holy Spirit. The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. It means that we should be able to interact with each other, with friends and colleagues, with the power of the Spirit bringing peace. It's linked with righteousness. The kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness, of peace and of joy in the Holy Spirit. It means that we should be upright in our words and reactions and dealings. And fourthly, it's about our sanctification. The prayer of Paul, may the God of peace sanctify you through and through so that you may be in the spirit, body and soul, kept blameless till the coming of the Lord Jesus. We're called to be different and devout. Some of you know that I still work within the bonds of the Order of St. John. You've heard about St. John Ambulance. Well, that's just one-seventh of this massive worldwide organization. The other day in the trustees meeting, there was a little bit of controversy because of some people arguing about the way in which we're changing St. John. Now, I hope we're not going to have the same argument here, Tim, with the changes going on. But it did get a bit heated. Sadly, the chief executive, who's not a Christian lady within this Christian organization, said in a very loud voice, so that's Christianity. And it hurt because she was talking about some very dear people who I know who love the Lord Jesus, but who in their argument certainly know peace about it, but just rancor and acrimony. So that's Christianity. Isn't it sad that that could be like that? So we're called to be devout as well as different. And thirdly, we're called to be disciples. So obvious. I believe it needs to be stressed because if we're going to be people of peace, we've got to be people who are taught and trained. That's why we come to church. That's why we go to small groups. That's why we have our own quiet times. And I pray that we do. We are people who should be disciplined. People who are known for their quiet reactions. Robin Oak, are you listening? For their calming influence, for their air of grace when listening and speaking. People who are ready to forgive. Qualities which should mark us out as people to be different. Someone who's going to be nameless but said to me after the first service, what do I do about my husband who when he's cut up by another car driver or passed by someone going at 90 miles an hour and who yells and shouts at them, what do I say to him? I said, I better, you better say to him, pray for the driver and don't shout at him. At least the prayer will work. 
I don't know whether she'll take that advice or not, but I think even as drivers, Christian drivers should not be aggressive. No discipline, says the Bible, seems pleasant at the time, but later it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained. That's why we're here. That's why we've had this evaluation and why we're moving forward in the church. Peter's second letter in chapter 3 says, Make every effort to be spotless and blameless and at peace with God. So if we're going to be people of peace 24-7, it means being peaceful and at peace with God. Making sure that sin is kept to a very, very low count, that we repent and get it right. We need to be wise. And this wisdom only comes from heaven because it's pure, peace-loving, considerate, We should be submissive, ourselves full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. The Bible says that peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Discord cannot produce righteousness. Sometimes we're critical of our government, are we not? And of local authorities and of our seniors in business, of our teachers. Someone has said to me, Robin, you're growing old, and I didn't need to be reminding of that. But as we grow old, we seem to get more critical because things are not done the way we like them. And that's a sad trait in anybody, let alone in Christian folk. And it's something we've got to get dealt with. But Paul's instruction to Titus is clear. Be subject to rulers and authorities. Be obedient, ready to do whatever is good. Slander no one and be peaceable and considerate, showing humility to all. True happiness and satisfaction is for the peacemakers who are the instruments to make peace between God and man and between man and man. Remember, even one of the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus is commending those of us who are at peace. We are God's chosen people. We've got to be seen to be people who are different. Can I share with you one thing, and it's not an accolade about Robin Oak. It's certainly an accolade of what God can do. Some years ago, there was a real riot at the Golden Temple in India between the Sikhs and the Hindus, each owning their own right and fighting about it. And as Assistant Chief Constable in charge of community relations in Manchester, I heard this on the news and I saw the television riots and I phoned up our information room to say will you get each of the officers in charge of community relations in the division to seek out a leader from each of those two religions, a Hindu and a Sikh because I'd like to see them at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. Now I gave them a tremendous task but by 11 o'clock coming through different entrances Sikhs and Hindus invaded police headquarters in Manchester. The chief constable said to me, Robin, what are you doing about the riots in Delhi at the the Taj Mahal? I said, well, uh, I've got the Sikhs and the Hindus in this morning. Would you like to chair the meeting? Oh, no, he said, that's down to you. Well, as I walked in there, there was a terrible atmosphere. And I walked down to the center of this horseshoe of Sikhs on one side and Hindus on the other. And as I stood up, Wondering still how to approach the meeting, one of the Sikhs stood up right at the end of the horseshoe and he said, Mr. Oak, we've heard that you're a man of prayer. 
why don't you pray for this meeting? That was an incredible thing to be asked. So I did. And despite the arguments and the toing and froing across this, this gulf that there was, at the end I said, please, unless we get it right in Manchester, it's going to burst forth in Bradford and in Solihull and in Birmingham, and it's going to do nothing for the riots out there at the Golden Temple. And off they went with the promise they would be back in three days. And three days later they came in, not in separate doors this time, and the atmosphere was different as I walked in. And again, that same Sikh stood up and said, Mr. Oak, please, will you open in prayer again? And then we want to show you a miracle. And so the, I prayed. And as I opened my eyes, there was movement as Sikh and Hindu moved to the center of this horseshoe and started hugging each other. And they told me how they have now dispelled their differences. They told me how the riot had already finished at the Golden Temple out there in India. And as you probably know, the riots there never spread to anywhere else in Britain or the world. We should be known for what we believe as people of peace. We are God's chosen people. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues put on love which binds us together in perfect unity. I believe that when Christians are at peace with one another, the world can more clearly see the Prince of Peace. Yes, we are called to be different. In a world of strife and argument, of discord, noise, spitting, unshaven men, drunkenness, oh, I put my, my favorite things there, obscenity. We're in a world of godlessness, are we not? And we, in that world, have been planted to be different. Oh, that people may be seeing that we're unashamed of our Christian faith. People of peace. Finally, you know that this is a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and so on. As the Holy Spirit indwells us and empowers us, surely you don't need me to implore you to be people of peace. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Be like Jesus, this my song in the home and in the throng. Be like Jesus all day long, I would be like Jesus. I just saw this the other day on the computer. As people of peace, may we love one another and listen without interrupting, speak without accusing, give without sparing, pray without ceasing, answer without arguing, share without pretending, enjoy without complaining, trust without wavering, forgive without punishing, and promise without forgetting called to be different people of peace always 24-7 let's pray Lord make us channels of your peace where there's hatred let us bring your love where there's injury your pardon and where there's doubt true faith in you where there's despair in life may we bring hope where there's darkness bring light and where there's sadness, may we bring joy. 
May we see that it is in forgiving that we are seen to be forgiven people and it's in giving that we receive. Help us, Lord, in our dying to self that we are assured of eternal life to help others know that life too. May we be your channels, able to console, able to understand, able to love with that love with which you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.